Hey everyone, John and Andrew here. Welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, being an Aspie, making new friends, and boom, roasted. <laughs> this is Obstacle Course. What's up, Roman? What's up, Roman? Indeed, man. We had an 11 year old on our podcast today who is much smarter, much more eloquent, and much braver than all of us. Amazing, amazing episode. Yeah, I learned. <laughs> I, I, he was saying things about coding that I, I don't think I'll ever be able to wrap my head around. <laughs> and he was saying things like, I'm sure you guys understand because you're adults, but you know, with coding, you got the uh, one zero and the on binary, whatever. Switches. And I was just like, what on earth is happening right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I just want to use my phone. I don't really want to know how it works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But what a remarkable 11-year-old. And it's and it's caused me to pause a little bit and reflect um, 32 years ago when I was a, a boy of 11. Mm. And I think, was I as eloquent as Roman? Was I as smart? Was I as brave? What do you think? The answer is absolutely not. <laughs> and so I have a story I'd like to share. I haven't told too many people. Just to give you an idea. Because I, like, I don't think people fully realize how cool it was what, what happened in the podcast today. With an 11-year-old coming on, sitting down. We thought it would go for like half an hour. And it was like 90 minutes. And it was all great stuff. But most 11-year-olds, uh, you know, I, I don't know if they operate at this level of eloquence and, and courage. And I did not. So here, <laughs> I want to tell a story just so Roman feels even better. Because I know he's going to be listening to this. What's up, Roman? This is what I was like as an 11-year-old, and maybe Andrew will share as well. So I had this restaurant that I used to go to with my father. Uh, it was called Grandma Lee's. And uh, I grew up in Saskatchewan. It was this little, little mom-pop restaurant, and they made sandwiches. And it, it was in this little mall. And I would go in, and they made their own bread. And so when I walk in, you'd see the bread in like that, that kind of rotating oven, so you could just see it being made fresh. And I would always, for every single time, order the exact same thing. A white bread egg salad sandwich. <laughs> egg salad on white bread. And they knew me so well that when I walk in, they would say, Oh, hey, John, egg salad on white. And I was like, you know it. And I get it every single time. And uh, I don't even remember what my dad got. He probably got the same, roast beef or something. The same thing every time. So this was a tradition. We would do this and we'd go get our haircuts together. And it was kind of a cool father-son thing. Well, on, on this particular occasion, we sat down, I, I ate my egg salad and drank my little, um, my little Coke that I would get with it. And I had to use the restroom, which was not abnormal. And so, so <laughs> you know, people have to do that. Yeah, Stop that's... judging me. <laughs> it is not abnormal. No. Of it's... all the things about you, it's maybe the most normal. <laughs> and, uh, you know, especially having egg salad, you know, you got to go, go to the restroom. So I went to the restroom, did my business, and then um, I went to... Uh, they had liquid soap in this uh, in this little restroom, and so right. I put liquid soap on my hands and I rubbed it all in, like I rubbed it all over every crevice of my finger. It wasn't that messy, but but I really did. You know, I was I added it liberally all over my hands, my fingernails, all that kind of stuff. And then I went to turn on the water tap to wash the soap off, and, and my hands were so slippery I couldn't turn the faucet on. And so I was like, oh, what am I going to do? And so so I tried with my other hand, but both hands were equally slippery. And so I did what any 11-year-old would do in that moment and just lost it. I mean, I, come, I, come, I completely panicked and just started like my heart started beating because I thought I'm going to be trapped in here forever. And, and all these scary things started happening. My father's out there. I'm alone. And I was just like, ah. And so I didn't know what to do. And so I ended up pounding on the door with my fists, screaming, Dad, Dad, help, help. <laughs> 
sudden the door flew open and my dad was standing there, a bit red in the face for obvious reasons. <laughs> and he's like, what's going on? What, what happened, son? And I just showed him my hands and I was like, I washed my hands and I couldn't turn the faucet on and I couldn't open the door. And he was like, and then he just burst out laughing. And he was like, oh, what that, that, like I could see in his eyes, that's it. So he turned the, turned the tap on for me. I washed my hands. And then we did the shame walk back into the restaurant. Everybody like was pretending to like <laughs> pretending to be eating, but you could tell they were all just kind of like watching. Me. So he could hear you <laughs> from yeah. from outside the restaurant. So everyone could hear you. Everyone, everyone could hear me. And and I mean, I was I was screaming like I was in danger. And so I washed my hands off. And then we went. And this is just me. You know, most people in this case would be like, "Let's leave." But I was just like, I have a sandwich left. I'm not leaving. And I just sat down with all my shame glaze and just finished my sandwich. And uh, at one point, I remember my dad saying, why don't you just rinse off your hands in the toilet? <laughs> and I was like, well, that would be disgusting, Dad. And that would bring shame to me. <laughs> Let's linger on that for a second. <laughs> yeah. And so that was, that was the kind of things I was doing at 11. That mm-hmm. was kind of the, 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 the amount of courage I had as, a, as an 11-year-old. And so seeing what Roman did today and kind of seeing what he does in everyday life and um, and someone who had struggled with a speech impediment or yeah. and and self esteem issues about yeah. speech and then here he is on a podcast yeah. and out there winning speaking competitions yeah well and the the greatest thing about roman is the way he he's grateful for his different abilities mm-hmm. like he doesn't he was he was quick to say uh, autism is not a disease um, it, it's it's a disorder, and he was quick to correct you. Yeah, because he was you used the word disease. <laughs> in fact, he shamed me because I think in the write up on Facebook, I, I called it a disease, which which I am now feeling shame for saying that because I did not know. And and he cleared it up. He yeah. was like, dude, it's not a disease; it's a disorder. But but he he didn't speak about it with shame. Like he didn't speak about you know I have autism. Like he spoke at it with with light in his eyes. Like I have these abilities now that I can do all these things. With. Yeah, he's got a whole community of people who he can connect with, and yeah. he's now an advocate, and he's helping people overcome misconceptions and bringing people closer together through their uniqueness. Yeah, you know, what a what a remarkable guy. So what? yeah, I I know. <laughs> What's up, John? <laughs> what are you? What were you about to say? No, no, go ahead. You're. I think you're about to ask me if I had any stories. Yes, I'm trying to get the attention off me for a second. <laughs> so as you were saying that, and I was like, oh God, I got to come up with a story about myself. And then something came into my mind. Yes. And I think I was probably about 11. And this is one of the most shameful childhood memories for myself as well. Oh, so perfect. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So I. It was lunch and. Because I have such a wonderful mother, she always made me, all the other kids had juice boxes, little Andy showed up to school every day with milk. And I was like, yeah, here's my milk. And I had to take my ice pack to keep the milk cold. And I was like... It's adorable. Yeah, everyone else had fruit roll-ups and juice boxes. And I was there with like milk and homemade cookies. And maybe that's why I still resent the baked goods. See, yeah, yeah I was just about to dig we're, into that. Yeah, we're getting to the heart of my yeah. essence. Yeah. So I still don't love the cookies that my mom makes because, and this has probably got to do with it. Wow. And I love candy. Yes, you do. Still. Yeah. Because, although I was occasionally allowed candy. Anyways, this isn't the story. No. So. Yeah. It was around grade six. I took my milk into the class and I had a big mouthful of milk. And my friend, I'm pretty sure it was Michael Creighton. I hope he's out there somewhere still (laughs) and doing well. He said something funny. And... 
mouthful of milk, I burst. <laughs> I, I have like a childhood spit take, a oh. milk take oh. of, and it was everywhere. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I just noticed like everyone in the class mm. sees it. Mm-hmm. And just all the eyes and laughter all upon me. And still now, I can feel the shame. Yeah. And I, I would say it was like a, a transformative experience of not wanting a group attention. Wow. Yeah. Really? Even though there's still times where I push myself out of that and, and do public speaking stuff and host stuff and, and really enjoy that. But still, there's something about just having that negative attention is, is terrifying and, and shameful. So, yeah, that was mine. It, it's not as funny. But. You know what, man? Okay, this story was layers. Like, there's there's some layers, and and you just re- like actually figured out some reasons why there's challenges you have as an adult all by telling this story. Mm-hmm. I'm just like I was a dumbass, <laughs> which is like most of my stories. But yours, yours, that was that was amazing. Did some milk at least come out of your nose as well? Probably. Yeah. It was see, a, that's because if it doesn't, place. then I I even think I recall the shirt I was wearing. Oh, I think it was uh, like a blue crushed velvet shirt, which I probably never wore again. <laughs> And speaking of crushes, did you have any crushes at the time? Oh yeah, so and I'm and, sure. They and this were, happened in yeah. front of him, right? Yeah, and that solidified their decision. <laughs> yeah, that was probably Sheila McKellar, and she didn't go with me to the grade six dance, probably because of that. Because uh, of this milk, episode. the milk incident. Yeah, and and all it was was your friend was like reaching out and making a great joke. And yeah, you just had a natural reaction, but mm-hmm. it turned out to be this pivotal somewhat devastating moment at the time yeah which has now informed your adult activities haven't drank milk since <laughs> wow <laughs> wow yeah so i mean roman you're listening to this you should feel pretty good about yourself buddy yeah because as uh, when we were your age we were spewing milk out of our um, mouth and noses and uh, banging on the bathroom door because um, we couldn't get soap off our hands yeah he's got a leg up yeah so yeah enjoy, enjoy this one folks it is it is very special just like Roman. He wants to roast you. Perfect. On calling, uh, I'm calling it a disease. Yeah. Did I call it a disease? Yeah. Yes. <gasps> Perfect. You know, it's funny because I was I was in the we were in the truck on the way here. And I was like, is it a disease? Is it a condition? Is it's it a, a di- disorder? A, yeah. Disorder. Oh, that's the word. So I just got the wrong D one. So you can't roast me that bad. Just got a couple vowels wrong. Roman, you roast him as bad as you possibly can. <laughs> Please do. We, we will, Please we will do. love that. <laughs> and our listeners will love it even more. Okay. Thank you. Hold me account. Okay. Uh, because if I'm saying it wrong, then probably everyone else is too. Maybe not everyone. Or maybe not. <laughs> John likes you're, it. you're probably the only one. <laughs> well, then I'm special. Aren't we all? Hey. Yeah. Exactly. Well oh, We're off awesome. to a good start. We are. So, Roman, welcome to your first podcast. Thank you. <laughs> we're, we're so excited to have you. Yeah, buddy. So, how I heard about you was your mom was bragging about you on Facebook. And she was talking about how her little Roman had just won a big speech contest. So tell us, tell our listeners about this speech contest. Are we hot, are we hot Mike? You're, you're good to go whenever. Okay. So. Um, so the speech contest, I found out about it from uh, 
just the school let all students know their their speech contest towards the end of the school year, and we just um and could and kid could enter, so I decided to enter and just see what would happen. And there's two how this thing works is that you you start with uh one speech and you go through the the in class level, then you go to the semifinal the, the semifinals, then from semifinals to the finals. But in the finals, you have to have a whole new speech, mm. which is which was on autism. But my main speech, like one that won me the first two, was on coding, which is my main topic I like to talk about, because it's the thing of the f- future currently. It is so. and coding, like like with uh, video games. Yeah. Right. Tell, tell us about coding a little bit and why you're interested in it, because you're t- talking to a couple old guys yeah. here who don't know anything <laughs> about coding. Especially yeah. John, he's really old. No, last game I played was Duck Hunt on Nintendo. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> um, so coding is what's behind the picture of uh, of what you see that, like, on a phone, for instance. Mm. Your phone is programmed using line, endless lines of ones and zeros and um, just different phrases. For instance... Um, Something so so first off, ones and zeros are called binary codes. Some of you might have heard the name binary before. And mm-hmm. with binary, every six digits equals one letter or number. Okay. And then every six digits, sorry, every number and letter can make a phrase, and then each phrase c- can c- do a command. Right. Each command or a variable, using sorry, using vari- variables, you can. Um, make a phone so cool or make devices and apps and anything pretty much and what interests you why do you like binary code and and all of that well to be honest i don't really even know why i like that kind of stuff it just makes me feel happy i guess Hmm. that's that's a great reason actually (laughs) yeah that's great and it's my dream to become famous and sort of rich but not less less than less than the rich part. I I'm a little bit of a philanthropist, mm-hmm. whatever it's called. Um, and I uh, I just like to give stuff away. So if I ever make lots of money, I'll probably give give it all away, just like Bill Gates did. Cool. Well, and if your dream is to be rich and famous, then you've started that process by coming on our podcast. <laughs> I guess. John John really wants to be famous too. <laughs> well. I guess I'm sort of helping you then by, by letting... No, never mind, I'm not. You are. Oh, no, you are. <laughs> yeah, so totally. is learning binary code, it almost sounds like learning a different language. Well, it is sort of learning like a, like a different language because you have to learn all these phrases and, and you have to learn all the what all the stuff, like all the numbers mean. Yeah. What all the phrases mean. For sure. So it's literally like learning a whole new language. And binary code is just literally ones and zeros. Or um, if you look at motherboard very, very closely under a microscope... You can see that it switches, many, many switches. Right. Which you can see either yes or no. So, um, yes referring to one, I mean zero, sorry, and no referring to one. So, hmm. many different uh, phrases to that. And how did you learn this? Uh, I think I just heard, I heard it from a friend. It's been a long time now, but... 
Mom yeah. thinks you're self-taught, I think is yeah, what I heard yeah. there. You just started doing it and you learned as you did it? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But so I heard it from, from somebody, but then I just like, well, I'm not learning this. But if I, I have to wait till like a, like, like a, a faraway grade to do this. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I don't want to wait. <laughs> I'll learn myself. So I went from learning something called block coding, which is just playing command, like playing blocks with certain commands in, into a little box, and then it creates some sort of object or something. I went from that to writing endless lines of code to to create applications and different games. At, at this point, it might be a good time to ask the question: How old are you? Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing. What kind of games would you like to create? If you could create your perfect game. Well, I'm not going to... I want to base it off my my one dream game that I would love to play one day. It's a game that I don't think has ever been created. But it's a game that is open world where you can just drive around and also get out your vehicle. It's be combined of GTA and also Forza, which I've played Forza, not GTA, which is definitely a good thing. Is that Grand Theft Auto? Yes. Hey, I knew that one. Yeah, nice. <laughs> okay. So, um, one of the best parts of making making games, one of the best parts of coding in general, is that you can like let your imagination roam free and do anything you want mm-hmm. with with right skill level. Like currently, where I'm at with uh, le- with, lang- with a language called HTML, hypertext markup language, I can you make websites with. And with those, I can make anything pretty much. But there are some some limitations with languages, because like to create a fully functional website, you have to have multiple languages such as HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and PHP. Sometimes, depending on your functionality, you want. Of course. But a good place to start for coding is definitely. Um, HTML because it's basic, and the syntax, which if some of you don't know, is just like the correct grammar. It's the grammar for code. Right. Syntax. So yeah, if you want to learn to code, you have to learn the syntax. Which if you ever want like to learn to code, you can go on different websites such as code.org, which is used for children to learn to code. Very very useful. That was where I started out. And then there's Scratch, which you can download as well which is block coding as well. Very, very simple. But for some people, it can be hard, depending on their level. And then there is uh, um, different websites, like paid ones, or freemium, as some people say, because <laughs> part of it is free, and some of it you have to pay for. So, right. freemium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I have a tough question for you, maybe. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This whole idea of being self-taught and just finding something that you're interested in and then going out and learning all about it and now being able to speak about it and teach people like us, that whole idea that you were able to do that, what does that tell you about yourself? It sort of shows me that I am capable of doing more than what some people believe I can do, sort of. Yeah, Yeah, You said that it shows that you're able to do more then maybe perhaps people think you can do because perhaps your age. Yeah. Like that, that like limitations to me can mean nothing. Sort of like how I know that I can't go into college to learn something yet, but I still try. Yeah. Like 
like I've emailed VIU once asking asking about limitations and all that, which it sort of worked. They they asked me a few questions, like yeah, 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 I get it, yeah. And they said, yeah, 16. I'm like, that's earlier than I thought it could be. So Cool. So VIU is Vancouver Island University. Yeah. Awesome. So this takes a great level of confidence Definitely. to be able to do that. Where do you think you get your confidence from, Roman? Well, I feel like I'm getting confidence from maybe my, just all the support I'm getting from people such as my mom, my dad, I guess sort of you guys too. You help me with this. People in school and my friends online. Awesome. So. So you spoke about coding in the the first levels of the speech competition. Yes. And then I assume, which assuming can get us into dangerous places sometimes, but I, I assume that you got through to the final and then had to change the topic. So do you want to talk about the topic that you changed it to and, and how the the finals of the speech competition went? Well, um, the first off, the second topic I chose was uh, on autism, and autism has sort of a very, very important part of my life because, well, I have autism, and autism. Well, first off, people, this autism is not disability. Some people think that it is disability. It's not. Like some people, like in the old days, used to get bullied and like shocked with. Electrotherapy back in the day, which wasn't very kind at all, but that was what they did back then because they really had no choice. Well, they had a choice; they just didn't really have a clue what they were doing to the child or the person. So, mm-hmm. and it's definitely not a disease, right? Definitely not. It is a disorder, and a disorder is something that you that you. Oh, it ranges sometimes. It sometimes it can be. Um, you can have it at birth, or most time you have it from birth. But some of the times, um, from different situations in your life, you you can be have a disorder, such as PTSD, for instance. Yeah, like that. I I don't understand that as much as I should. So there's there's like a spectrum with autism. Is that right? Yeah. And so what does that mean? The autism spectrum. Well, um, first off, so the. Autism spectrum is well. Autism is named autism spectrum dis- disorder, which literally is the exp- explanation of the whole entire disorder. It's the name of it, what type of disorder it is, and that it is is a disorder. So ASD, autism spectrum disorder. Okay. And spectrum is like a wide variety of different ways that it can go, but there are like like five like the few different spectrums. There's like different behavioral spectrums. There is the one where it can go from it's, it's like a range of severity and go from here to there on one side like one scale then the other scale can go from up there to there and then another scale it can go like all the way from right all the way to the middle mm-hmm. so it's crazy how it can be so yeah I saw a quote just recently that said if you've met one person with autism you've met one person with autism <laughs> exactly yeah exactly yeah, because it, it can show up differently for, for all kinds of different people and, and give different gifts and give some people different challenges. Yes. So how has that shown up in your life? Well, I definitely think that if I wasn't diagnosed with autism or if I never had autism, I wouldn't be where I am currently. That's definitely true because 
if I didn't, if I wasn't diagnosed with autism, I probably wouldn't be here right now. So, right. yeah, there's one thing sure. I'm glad that I have autism for. I'm also glad because that it gives me a reason to, it gives me something to share with the world and just, and just help people with in general. I know there are doctors out there for people who have autism, but um, like I like to help people with autism a lot. Like, especially well, not just them, people in general I like to help them. But I just like people people with autism the most because I I can connect to them, I can relate to them more easily, and that's one of the best things. To, it's one of the best helpers and things when trying to help somebody. It just sort of it, when you click with somebody, it makes it way easier. It almost sounds like, in a way, Roman, that you're grateful in some ways for autism. I'm very grateful about autism. That that's very very true. I have you always been grateful? Um, was it was it harder in the beginning? In the beginning, I didn't really understand it, so I don't really have a say on that right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But my mom over here, she might have not been as grateful for me not to have autism. <laughs> I may have been hard back then. But now I'm getting better. I'll say that. Cool. We can ask her about that later. Yeah. Yeah. So when you did the the final of the speech competition and you talked about autism, how was the reception of that? Well, um, I'll just like I'll give you a little bit of a play by play, but not an annoying play by play like some people do. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll give you some action and some funniness to it. Thank yes. You. Awesome. We're gonna love that. So when. When we walked in, this is a Christian Reformed church in my local town. Yeah. And we, uh, when we walked in, there was a bunch of people there. Like, there were um, 30 kids from each category. There were four categories, um, one to six. And we got um, seven to, I think, seven to eight. Then from nine to 10 and tw- 11 to 12. Each reign, each level, or each um, category had their own different prize level, like prize money. And uh, mine was the lowest, which doesn't really matter to me. It's money. Yeah. Any dollar, any cash for a kid is is like a hundred thousand dollars. So <laughs> true. Hey, with with money for kids, make me magic. Yeah. And I know for sure because I'm a kid. <laughs> you're you're an authority in the field. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, one of the best things about that day. Was that when I got there, like me and the, me, me and the two contestants in my category, we were all from the same as that class. We we made it through every single level together. Wow. Yeah, like like we're all in the same as that class. We're all good friends. And when we got in there, we all just like felt like happy, and we were, and we were like, okay, this is is this happening? And before we all went on, we all, we all we all shook our hands. We. We hugged, and then we and we all were like, "What? Let's do this." And we sat down, listened to listened to. Wait, we, we 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 were the first ones up. That's right. Sorry, it's been a while. Um, so when we all sat up there, um, I think I was the last one going like, in our category. It was my friend Carden shouts to her, and then my friend Sedona another shout to her. Yeah. Um, and then it was me. So. We all go up there. Like, and when we all go up there, it was like, whew, this is going to be hard. <laughs> and, like, when each of us went up there, there was just some silence between all of us. And, like, we 
I could tell that both of them were like, oh my, this is <laughs> this is the moment, people. We're, it's either do or die. And so we got up there one at a time, and we uh, just did it. And so during my speech, we all were like really good at it. Mozart, I was really good at it for the beginning. I was going slower. But then towards the last few bits of speech, um, there was time limits on the speech as well. So I was just almost there. Because there was a light system, green for good. Yeah. And, like when, when you're in the time limit range, yellow for, eh, you're getting close. Red for, hurry up. <laughs> so I goes, I was in red. I was actually seven seconds away from getting disqualified. Whoa. So wow. I just sped right up. Yeah. Got first place. And how many minutes did you have? Um, we had seven. So you're probably aware that public speaking for most human beings is the scariest thing they can do. Yes, I have heard that many times. And it didn't seem like you were that scared. Were you nervous at all, Roman? There was a little bit of nervousness. <laughs> but, but, for, but for like the last few seconds before I got up there, I was like, okay, if I shake up there, there's a chance I'm going to get... There's a chance points are gonna get deducted, so I need to just just get going and just do it. And then when I'm done, it's done. Wait, wait till we hear who wins. That was what I told myself, and I was told myself as well that if I lose, hey, I tried. That's amazing. Something we talk about on Obstacle Course on our podcast is how if you lean into adversity rather than kind of back down from it, there's a lot that you can learn from there. Do you think that's what you did? Definitely. It's also, the, I'm guessing it's also the same as coding for me as well. With coding, like, when I started it, I was a little skeptical too. I was like, okay, this is weird. But I, I didn't back down. I'm, I just kept just going through, plowing through. And now I know like tons of languages. I know, well, I don't finish any languages yet. I, I got, um, what's it called? C++ on Dabblin. I got HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and Lua. Which, if any kids are listening or any parents who have to deal with the um, very, very annoyingness of kid playing Roblox, um, that is the main language okay. that they that code language that Roblox is programmed in. So, also sorry, all the parents out there who have to deal with that stuff. <laughs> Awesome. And what did it feel like when you learned that you came first place? Yeah. Um, did they announce it, I guess, to everybody? Yeah. Um, so we all got, like, so one at a time, like, each name was announced in each category. We, my, my category was the first category to be announced. And it was, like, third place. Sedona Bond. Second place, Carden Benham. I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I was smirking so heavily, and I'm like, well, let's let's do this. And I'm like, Roman first place, ladies and gentlemen, Roman Cornish. And I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> and I just jumped up, and Mom's like, sit down, sit down. You have to wait until everyone has to come up and collect the check. So. I'm like, aww. So, so I, I sat down, just so ambitious to, to collect my check. Again, <laughs> my kids is like a million dollars. Like a dollar for a kid is a bunch of money. So what are we talking, 10000 20000 Roman? 
We're talking ten billion. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Nice. Have you spent your winnings yet, or are oh, you saving it? Totally, I have. Yeah. I spent it on the first day. <laughs> what did oh. you spend it on? Um, it's a little embarrassing. I spent it on Pokemon cards. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that I only made back about twenty five percent of the money, which I haven't sold, sold sold the cards yet for the money, but I don't think I ever going to. That's cool. awesome. And where where would you like to go next? You talked a little bit before we started recording about um, the different different steps or, or stages. Well, um, I'm currently working on a like a programming thing. I'm making a web like a chat app for kids with autism or just people in general with autism, where we can all connect and meet. Hmm. And I'm hoping to share that with like um, SLPs and counselors who do who help people with autism and. My goal is to share it with them, and they can share it with other kids who might want to do it. A chat on there. That's that's incredible. And one of the reasons I'm doing this is because of, well, in most chat rooms or social social situation, pe- people's autism can get bullied or discriminated, and that hurts us a lot. Because some people, if they ever get bullied, it feels the same way, but not as repetitive sometimes. Because people deal with it more. But it's just overall extremely hard for some people. Did you experience that? Yes. Um, what would what would people say to you if you mind sharing? Um, I'll be called a loser hmm. by I'm not gonna say a kid's name, just a kid in school. Mm-hmm. So. Why do you think he might have done that, or he or she? Um, probably because of uh. uh his life's probably miserable, and he has nothing, 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 nothing better to do. <laughs> right. I think. I think what we hear you saying is is. I heard an expression one time that hurt people hurt people. Exactly. Meaning people who are in pain often give pain to others. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think you're right on the money with that. Mm-hmm. And I think we've we can all relate to having done that before. At least I have, and I, I know John has sure. spoken about it as well. Sometimes if you're feeling miserable. It's for some crazy reason. It's good to make other people feel miserable. Yeah. And but then you do that, and then you're like, "Huh? Do I feel any better?" No, nope, probably not. Not no. at all. No. It, it, like, and sometimes when it happens, repercussions come in as well, and that can just go way downhill. And you're like, "I, I screwed up." So. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because because you want to retaliate sometimes, right, mm-hmm. to defend yourself. But then, like you say, you feel worse, and so the important thing is it doesn't sound like you believe him, because because you are you are not you are acting like a somebody who's who's very successful and believes in himself. So it doesn't matter what people say; it just matters what you say and what yeah. you think about yourself. And so, well done. Thank you. Hmm. What else do you see in your future? So you're going to design this app to help autistic people communicate with one another. What what other ideas might you have? Well, I eventually want to go and move on to TED Talks and share my experiences and also share methods of how to help people, people with autism the correct way. Nothing like what they did back in like the 1930s when they discovered autism and they used electrotherapy. So... Mm-hmm. Don't want mm-hmm. that to happen ever again. Don't think it will. No. Yeah, so you're an advocate now. Yeah. Amazing. What We, we sometimes talk about um, misconceptions here on the podcast and helping people change 
limiting beliefs or biases that they might have. What might be some limiting beliefs or biases about people with autism? Well, one of the big things is is that they're stupid, which I'm not going to say in some cases it is. I'm not going to say that at all because it's not their fault at all. It's just the way God made them or just, just the way just the way their brain is made. It's not their fault at all. Another one of the big things is is that people uh, with autism get bullied a lot due to, due to speech impediments. Because I've been called, I mean, I've been mocked for my stutter, which don't think it's been, don't think it's been showing much here. No. So. No. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that might be? Probably because there's a lot of pressure right now. And when, whenever I have pressure on me, I only stutter. I just think about what's happening and just go on with it and I don't talk too fast yeah you're nailing it we have people three times your age who come on here who are very very nervous and so you've you've done very well for yourself sir mm-hmm. thank you and I call you sir definitely <laughs> you deserve that title <laughs> um, so Andrew talked about misconceptions or, or myths people have um, so perhaps we can maybe get to the part um, where we can start giving advice a little bit for, for um, if there's kids listening or, or parents and they, they come up and their kids are going to school with somebody with autism. Um, what is some advice on how to, how to connect with somebody? Well, first thing is don't like push them to try to be your friend at all. Like that's, that, that's the thing with all people, I guess. Yeah. Don't like... Just, just like, hey, be my friend. I just don't like to just keep pushing them, pushing them, pushing them to be a friend. Right. Don't. That's, that can irritate them. And sometimes just make them, like, break down. Yes. And from experience, that's not pretty. But it's not, again, it's not their fault. It's the way their brain is wired. Yes. So, um, yeah, that's one thing. And then, like, I have a few friends, like, who have, who have autism. And... They are like, hmm, they're kind, but they have trouble making friends. So if you want to make a friend with someone with autism, I suggest that you would just they would just um, go like ask them politely, like, "Hey, do you want to be my friend or something?" And if they say yes or no, don't like, um, like if they say yes, that's perfect. But if they say no, um. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say try, try again. Like hmm. you know, that's what one thing you should do. But you should learn what they like, sorta. Like, like try to see what they like, which most times Lego because it help calms, like stimulates them. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, um, books. Like for me, I love books. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people with autism, books just are like the way of connecting to the world and seeing what stuff is. Because most of the time, they can't go outside the house because people stare at them or do something. So. So some of what I hear you saying is it's the same advice for making any kind of friend. Exactly. Just be yourself. Yeah. Talk to them about your interests. Talk to them about their interests. Mm-hmm. And don't treat them any differently. Yep. And one of the things is, is don't make them seem different. Right. If they seem different, that can make them hurt or something. Mm-hmm. But for me, it doesn't really bother me that much. Unless someone called me name. When they call me name, that's not nice. Yeah. That's not pretty either. No. But, um... I would definitely... Um, well, for parents now, 
one thing to do is that, like, sometimes when they, like, um, are upset and, and they talk too fast, don't mock them. That's one thing to definitely not do. Because I've that's happened to me a few times in my life, and it's it makes just makes us more anxious. And like if they if it looks like yeah they have a timeout spot, if their timeout spot isn't like is a uh, is more like hostile or like is like go your room or something like that, don't do that. You have to like ease them into it or just like they'd be more calm. Like can you please go to your room or something like that. It's more kind and makes them feel more loved. Because then sometimes. Like in the real world with, with us, sometimes we can uh, feel that that people are harsh on us for no reason. And just because we're different, that they can just do whatever they want to us. So. Well, and nobody handles extreme negative emotions well anyways. Yeah. So just stay away from extreme negative emotions. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned parenting. I wonder if, if now would be a good time to... Ask mom some questions. What do you think, Roman? Sounds good. So welcome to the podcast, Shay. Thank you. <laughs> we're not done with you yet, though, Roman. You can relax for now. But we're, <laughs> we're coming back. Okay. Cool. So I wonder, what, what have you learned about autism from your experience over the last however long it's been? Um, well, he was diagnosed at the age of six um prior to that i knew nothing about autism spectrum disorder um but i'd always had a bit of a sense that he was different in some way i just didn't know what it was um so having a diagnosis was validating for me because i had believed up to that point that there was something that we were missing and so when he was diagnosed um, it was a long assessment period with lots of paperwork and in-person interviews and um, this sort of thing really in-depth testing Um, and that's when I dove into maniacally googling articles um, books, TED Talks, um, etc. Um, on autism. And he, as you might be able to tell from listening to him speak, he is um, considered high functioning. Um, and that was previously um, known as Asperger's. The DSM-5 was revised and things were changed up a little bit so that autism was uh, meshed together with Asperger's and that's where the spectrum came in. So Mm. there's the low end of the spectrum, so to speak, and then the more higher end. But he refers to himself kind of interchangeably um, between uh, a person with autism but also an Aspie, which (laughs) is... Someone who has Asperger's, and and he, we got a big smile and two thumbs up from Roman when you <laughs> yeah. said that. I'm curious why. What? Why do you like that term so much, Roman? Well, um, because like most people, people with Asperger's, like that's that's just what we what we refer to ourselves as. Because sometimes we uh do, like because thing we're autistic sometimes can be insulting to some of us. Sometimes not me because I'm I understand that people don't really know. 
what what we what what we like and what we don't like. So it's fine with me. But for some people with autism, they don't know that and they don't understand. So it's harder for us. So, mm-hmm. but what is I love that word as well is because first off, that's the name of my chat program I'm making. It's called Aspie Chat. Nice. Mm. That's awesome. Cool. Thank you. So, what was some of the behavior um, before he was diagnosed that you witnessed that that led you to believe that perhaps there was something more going on? Well, it was really interesting because um, from very early on, he met milestones, developmental milestones early or, you know, yeah, almost all of them early, gross motor and fine motor. Um, he was a big talker very early. <laughs> no surprise. <laughs> um, but a very challenging baby. Um, some sleep issues, well, a lot of sleep issues. For example, um, eating was another one that was really challenging. And behaviorally, he was just a bit of a wild animal. <laughs> um, and so, um, but in all seriousness, it, it was difficult. And I had some very um, simple or basic parenting books to help me. One of them was One, Two, Three Magic. So it's basically One, Two, Three Time Out. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really popular. Um, it works fantastic with neurotypical children. Um, but for us, it was just we're constantly fighting this kind of uphill battle and and nothing seemed to be really working. And discipline is what I'm referring to the most. Um, so I had gone to our doctor when he was a preschooler and said, you know, I'm kind of worried about this. And he, the doctor said to me, he's just a boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I was reassured, and 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 I I felt like that was good enough. I'm um, coming from a doctor who is a father of three boys. Hmm. He knew what he was doing. Um, and but you know when he went into kindergarten, uh, major challenges. And so I went to the doctor again, and I kind of got the same story. He's just a boy, and that narrative is actually quite popular even today. He's just a boy. Um, Meaning like his extra energy or boys will be boys. Boys will be boys, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the things I was seeing were being overlooked because of his gender. Mm. Uh, Misconceptions around, you know, or um, our expectations around how boys are supposed to be or things like that. So I'm I'm glad I I stuck with my gut. Going into school um, really helped kind of propel us into the direction of looking into it deeper because once the school was involved, we were able to connect with um, child and youth mental health um, and start doing the um, the preliminary steps for um, testing and assessment. And initially, when we met with the first person from there, they thought that he was um, gifted. Um, which is something that occurs at the same time often, or not often, but <laughs> occurs um, not infrequently with children who um, have Asperger's. Um, and it turns out that Roman does, in fact, have a very high IQ. It's higher than all of ours, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. 
Hmm. which ha- has its hmm. own challenges. He's grinning like crazy right now, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> As he should. Yes, he should, yes. Um, but uh, through further testing and a full assessment done through a, a private psychologist, um, we hired to have that done for us because time was of the essence. Uh, being age six, that was a bit of a late diagnosis. So we wanted to get things done, moving quickly, and um, start with interventions if necessary. Um, and yeah, so we went through all that process, and we got the diagnosis handed to us that indeed he was on the autism spectrum. Um, <laughs> and it was very, it was life changing, but in a good way. Um, <sighs> If it weren't for um, the diagnosis and then uh, proceeding with uh, adding interventions and so, so we uh, occupational therapy, speech and language pathologist, behavioral interventionist, psychologist, psychiatrist, um, family counseling. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting. <laughs> All of those people um, play an in- integral role in um, in his in his success um, and in our success as a family as well. I'm curious about that, and I will say just a second ago, we we John and I were both laughing a little bit, which the microphones might have picked up because when you were talking about <laughs> first discovering you were on the spectrum, you gave us like a little like fist pound like rock on a little bit so that caused a little bit of laughter from john and i so um i'm curious about uh all of that assistance that you were going to with uh some family therapy type stuff and and um speech and um yeah all of those how what supports did you lean on because that that would be a lot of extra stuff to to worry about to get to appointments and to to make sure that you know every like your own self-care is is being taken care of so what supports or resources might you have leaned on during that process so it is extremely difficult to navigate it all especially in the beginning it all just comes flooding at you Mm -hmm. because basically um the uh the doctor or um psychologist whomever you worked with in the beginning phases uh, will say to you, you need to now consult with a speech and language pathologist, a behavioral interventionist, an occupational therapist. You should also do counseling and so on. And so it all just comes rushing at you. And are those added costs? Um, they are. And for children diagnosed with um, autism spectrum disorder, the government, uh, British Columbia, provides, now this is, these are figures from 2013, so it, it might have changed a little bit. But up to the age of six, you get, I believe, $18,000 towards paying those service providers. After the age of six, it drops down to $6,000 annually, and you don't get to roll over. Hmm. So you got to use it all up, and it's easy. It's very no, I'm easy. sure, yeah. The lowest price... Um, for any of those service providers that I mentioned, I it's a hundred and fifteen per hour yeah. and upwards, yeah. for example. So it's 
you eat it up very quickly. And that also includes money for um, specific um, supplies that could help. So things like fidgets, something very small and simple, uh, timers, visual timers, to equipment like trampolines, um, and even iPads. So some tech, so, you know, some children um, can't communicate verbally, and they can actually get right. the equipment um, to be able to communicate with an iPad. Were right, all these right. specialists like on the island, or did you have to go to the mainland? Um, yeah, so demand is high. Mm-hmm. Uh, diagnosis rates are rising, and so demand is high. Uh, everyone that we that we contracted is local to vancouver island um i've always said that i'll travel anywhere though i've just been fortunate to find yeah uh, people that you click with it's also you can have people who are just fantastic in their field but you don't click with them yeah. either the child doesn't or maybe us parents don't and you really need to be on the same page um in order for these things to be effective so um yeah you get bombarded with it all it is like you suggested a lot coming at you all at once and you need to be um a very well-oiled machine to keep things moving um effectively efficiently um and i mess it up all the time (laughs) i'm a seasoned vet in that i i i know the i know the whole circus act very well now but He's staring at me like, yeah, mommy, you do mess up all the time. He's like, you you need to own it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) How do you you think she does, Roman? Well, uh, I wasn't really looking at her like that. I'm um, I'm looking at at her horrible-looking eyebrows right now. (laughs) Wow. See, I don't have time to get my eyebrows done because I'm too busy shuffling him to um, his appointments and now his... um, uh, you know, rise to fame. Yeah, well, exactly. Right. Right. Just, one so. more thing. And, and if you didn't hear exactly what what Roman said there, it was roasted. Right. <laughs> roasted. Yeah. There we go. Brutal honesty is a um, yeah, major right. part of um, of having uh, a young man with autism it's in my life. Different abilities for sure. It's one of his different abilities, yeah. and. Um, God bless him. <laughs> yeah. He'll never let me leave the house, you know, with a, with a funny looking outfit on or anything. Yeah. He'll let me know. <laughs> well, he's a pretty sharp dresser himself. He is, yeah. You, you should know, folks. Roman came with, uh, I mean, he came with buttons on his shirt. Mm-hmm. No t-shirt. I don't even have buttons on my shirt. No. Well done. And collar and everything. John doesn't even really know how to do buttons up. I don't know. So, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so for the for the parents perhaps who just leaned in a little bit there in listening, perhaps they're even wondering they have they have young children and they're wondering could this be could this be applicable to to my child? Um could could my child um you know have these different abilities? Uh what would you suggest were some early steps for them to to maybe check into it? Well, I again, I would say um you have to go with your gut. Um, when the doctor was saying to me, no, I don't see it. He's fine. Um, 
I it kind of tied me over for a little bit, but then no, I, I, I wasn't buying it and it stuck with me kind of, you know, right in the middle of my chest. Like I just kind of something. So go with your gut. Um, the great thing about living in this mighty age of technology is that you can, you can, I mean, there are people who would probably just like go on to Google and diagnose themselves. It's, yeah. There's a plethora of information and it's good information scholarly articles are my best friend <laughs> um, not webmd no 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 because you'll come away from that with autism and 10 other things exactly yeah exactly you know um and also the library or amazon yeah, there's right. so many books there's so much literature available so the information is out there um you could do a, do there are symptom checks checklists mm. Um, so, and also you really, you need to be ready to kind of fight a little bit to have your voice as a parent heard by the, by the professionals. Cause like, um, uh, some of these behaviors that are, they're, they're very specific to, to ASD. They're very nuanced. And so I wouldn't. I wouldn't know to look for that. I, it's something that I, I learned after the fact. And I, it, you know, a light bulb goes off and then it suddenly makes sense. Um, but you have to really be prepared to fight and um, mm-hmm. uh, make yourself heard. Um, but then also, you know, if, you, if you're if you feeling like there might be something, uh, I just call it not quite right. I'm, I'm pretty blunt and yeah about about it you know it's your intuition yeah um and if you get to see the a psychologist or you have an assessment done and and they say to you you know what um we're not feeling like there's there's anything here to be concerned with then you know i think that's okay too and parents should be just open to hearing both Mm -hmm. um because there's a bit of a trend i hate to say it but there's a bit of a trend towards diagnosing everything right and not everything is a disorder and not every little quirk mm-hmm. um means that there's 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 um a diagnosis around the corner so people need to just be i'd say just diligent um would you give any advice or tips on how to sort through the junk and find what's useful either when researching online or in this case when when trying to find the the correct diagnosis i what were you saying there buddy you got this one i like it all right lean in buddy well um, there are a few like basic ones, like me and my um, speech language sorry, SLP. I'll say um, we did, we, did some re- we did some research one day, and we, we came up with a, with a few good sources, a few of them. So one of them was uh, Autism Speaks Canada, and also um, National Autism Committee. Uh, on the websites, they have diag- diag- diagnosis tool tools, and there's this point system. If you have more than more than a certain amount of things like checked on there, or more more yeses than nos. Um, it it they'll, they'll like tell you okay you need to go for, to go to a doctor or if not then just 
wait a little while and see what happens, you know? That's yeah. what shows up on there, pretty much. Both those. And what I love about that, and th- thank you for taking this question on. Yeah, well done. What, what I really like is find out who the experts are and trust them. Because they're, they're experts for a reason. So find the people who are educated, knowledgeable, and have the, the real information. And don't just find the, the person who's yelling the loudest online or just a, a random chat Facebook. room. Or, or yeah, exactly. <laughs> find, find something with sources behind it. And, and that's, that's where you can get real information. Which we were talking about this earlier over brunch it's it's getting more and more difficult to find real information unbiased information from sources that aren't just doing it to to help their own interests so do do your fact checking get find what's real and and that'll make your life a lot less stressful and and you can actually make progress yeah and this reminds us of an earlier episode with jill lawrence who was another mother who their child was diagnosed with something and she had the same reaction just this does not feel right Mm -hmm. and and really just like you said had to advocate for herself had to kind of be a little forceful a little when i want to use the word aggressive maybe a bit aggressive and go seek out another option and they were able to solve it and it sounds like you have as well so i think that's really important not just listening to sort of well they're a doctor. Obviously, they know what they're talking about. They do, but perhaps there's another opinion you should seek out as well, mm-hmm. especially if you have this voice that won't go away that's saying, no, no, no. It, you know, yeah, yes, he's yes, he's a boy, but there's more to this boy. Yeah. That's basically what it was. There's more yeah. to it than just a boy. Yeah. I grew up with a brother. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, um, yeah, he was... It was difficult, difficult parenting up until you know that point, and it just something seemed a little bit out of line with what was even in my parenting books. So yeah. it's hmm. just a, it was just a feeling, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Following your intuition was the title of that episode, with, yeah, with Jill Lawrence. It was excellent. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So as we begin to wrap up here, Roman, because we've we've had you sitting in this chair for an hour, and and. Um, you're doing amazing work, but we don't want to keep you here all afternoon. No, you've got you're... coding to do. Yeah, and it's almost the end of your summer holidays. So I, I was wondering if we could just ask you uh, another question or two and and um, and go from there. And thank you so much, Shay, for, for that great wise advice. Thank you. Are, are you okay with me using the term Aspie? Sure. Cool. So <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to ask... What is your favorite thing about being an Aspie? Definitely that that we can, like, so there's two, there's, there's differences with Asperger's autism. Just that Asperger's is more known as a high-functioning type of autism. So one of the parts about being Aspie that I like the most is that I have the ability to help people more than the people who aren't diagnosed with Asperger's or just diagnosed with autism, like basic autism. Some people call it, but I just like the fact that I can be I, I have the tools and more ways to help people with with autism because I can relate to them. So, why is it important for you to help people? Well, because when I was younger, I I sort of do remember me and the hard times it was for me for mom to go through all the diagnosis steps. I want it to happen more early so they get more intervention because I've seen how people who were diagnosed at the age of eleven have turned out 
it can turn go it can move two ways. It can go, oh, they're okay, like 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 it, if your dad was eleven, it's very hard for them to be like turn out like me. Because like they need invention, right? Earlier on. But for some people they can be nonverbal, which ends up being not that good because pe- people need to talk, right? And and they can't even learn how to use how to uh, how to use sign language because they lack the ability to do so. So it's sad, but I just want to be able to help people and make the world a better place. Definitely. That's amazing. That's brilliant, man. I have I have one maybe last question, or Andrew might have a last question as well. Here's my question for you. It's obvious after li- talking or listening to you for the last hour that you're smarter than all of us. You're you're braver than all of us. But there's got to still be something that that um, you you still struggle with. What are what are some areas that you say what are still challenges for you, or that challenge you? Definitely holding in my anger sometimes. Hmm. And how do you look to overcome that, and and or what steps can you take? Well, I don't really have an official way to do that yet. I'm still trying to figure that one out. But just sitting here, listening to mom and me speak i'm sort of understanding understand also the more that i did an hour ago from hmm. what mom was saying about that i'm like okay i understand this more i can get, get this yeah so i feel like that i can do it by just trying more and when something when something that doesn't go right try again well and something i like what you said there was struggling you know feeling the struggle but but doing it anyways and and that's really important and also you talk you said talking about it and i think that's a message we we try and say in our podcast every every week is being vulnerable that's a word we use vulnerable is being okay with your own truth and so being okay by by sharing the struggles or i'm feeling really angry right now sometimes just saying that makes you feel less angry and talking about your autism helps you feel better about your autism and probably inspires you to help other people with it so, so that's, I think, a couple takeaways that, that, that perhaps we can have from your important message is the more we talk about it and are okay with it, other people can, can be as well. Okay. Great. So we often refer to people who have been on the podcast as friends of the podcast. Yeah. And we, you spoke a little bit earlier on about making friends and, and how sometimes it can be really helpful to, to ask, you know, do you want to be friends? So thought just in closing, we, we would put the offer out to you if, uh, Roman, you'd like to be our friend as a result of coming on the podcast. Definitely. Sounds about right. Perfect. I like that. Awesome. Well, it was such a pleasure. And we're going to use your, your message and um, help get this to as many people as possible and just continue to spread the incredible work that you're doing and, and being an advocate spreading awareness and just helping people which is um such an incredible gift that you have and that you're you're sharing with the world so thank you so much for doing that here with us today can i say one thing yes i would like to say um two things i'd like to say thank you to every single person who was listening here and also everyone who has dealt with autism or everyone who has autism for just hopefully trying like if, if, if you try or not be awesome there's anyone in the world who's tried or something don't give up people if you give up you have you you have, you have a lower chance of success 
sometimes even no chance of success. But if you don't give up, like what may like what what may parents people do, like me when when I go on a speech, just keep going and try try again. Well, and another thing I love about what your what your message is, Roman, is we talk a lot about on the podcast about taking your biggest challenge and turning it in, into your biggest strength, and that's what you're doing today. You talked about your speech has been a challenge your whole life, and yet here you are on a podcast talking for almost an hour. That's going to inspire and give courage to many, many people, and that's a message for all of us. And you certainly haven't given up. Um, in fact, you've embraced your different abilities and you're using them to make the world a better place. And we thank you for your example at 11 years old. That's that's remarkable. Thank you. Also, thank you for having me here. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Just keep trying. We're excited to see what comes next for you, our new friend. <laughs> thank you, my friend. <laughs> as your friend. Awesome. Well, that's the episode. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. We appreciate your time and attention. If we can make one request, please subscribe. How do you do that, John? They push subscribe. That's all you got to do. We also got social media, guys. We got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Please like us and follow us there. We also got a really fancy website. ObstacleCoursePodcast.com That is the one. Where you'll find our show notes and lots of other goodies. And if you have somebody who'd be great for the podcast, please let us know. Send us a message on any of those networks and we'll bring them on. Mm -hmm, For sure. We're always looking for good people. Thanks for listening. Keep pushing through those obstacles.